Winbox. It is a Swapping Joysticks podcast where we go and answer whatever questions you've got. I am Ben Ostwick and I am joined as always by a grooving Ed Nightingale. It's a bop, that little intro music. It I is. Like it. Yeah, I'm very happy that I found it. I'm just grooving in my seat. You are. You better be not grooving too much because you had to put a towel down earlier. It's hot. It's mm. the it's this horrible faux leather chair. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I need to do is... Up, that's one of my few things that... There are a few things I need to buy as a need. Uh, I would like to buy. <laughs> one of them is a nice Aeron, Herman Miller Aeron. Definitely refurbished because there's no way on earth I can afford a new one. Um, but like the mesh ones... I just need mesh. I want any kind of leakage from whatever pores and orifices to just kind of drop to the floor rather than be infused into foam. That is a distressing image. Okay, first question. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. Uh, This one is from Clues, who says, uh, I think he's Australian, isn't he? He is. Sam Pandish, my side in recent uh, games in recent years, have gone more gravely violent, Sheila. Um, no, okay, well... I'll, there was no Sheila in that. There's no. Some pundits might say games in recent years have gotten more graphically violent. Callisto Protocol, with its DLC of 52 additional death animations, I didn't realise that. Mm. The recently released Outlast Trials, where you nail a naked man to a cross and then proceed to saw off his legs in real time. Lovely. Do you see that as more gratuitous violence, or do they have a value in pushing against societal comfort zones? From Clues. I mean, the Callisto thing's interesting because I remember they had a trailer where it was all the death animations together. Yeah. Or or maybe that was just a different video I saw. But it was something they were definitely pushing as a selling point is look how violent our game is. Mm. And I... I mean, I guess violence in media is a broader topic is debatable. Maybe it's interesting to push the boundaries of what we as humans want to experience. I personally don't particularly like a huge amount of violence. I'm not averse to it, but if it's... I'm not averse. I'm not averse to a bit of violence and gore um, if it serves the story, if it serves a purpose. Um, If it is just gratuitous for the sakes of it, then I'm less interested. Yeah. It's like me when it comes to horror games. I'm not a massive fan of horror games that are just horror for the sake of it. I don't need gore for the sake of it. It needs to be accompanying a very good story. Yes, exactly. There has to be a narrative reason for mm. it to be gory or yeah. violent. I think where it's more interesting with games is that games are active. You are involved. You are literally pressing the buttons to make these things happen. And that's where the line is very blurry, I think, and where I think developers need to act more responsibly, um, especially as games rating isn't always great. And it's quite easy for people to get hold of games when they shouldn't be. Um, I remember getting 18 games from my parents because they mm. didn't understand it. As I say, do you, but do you think that now people have just kind of, that I say they're more gratuitously violent and like games in the past used to have a lot more kind of control before being released, like Manhunt. I remember Manhunt was like banned from being released. And then if you read about what was involved in it, it's nothing compared to a lot of the stuff that comes out now. Well, one of the most famous examples of that is Mortal Kombat from the 90s. And I think especially in America, there was basically a load of Karens 
Um, wow. I mean, that's what they were, who decided that they didn't want their kids playing this video game. And yeah, kids shouldn't be playing that. But also video games aren't just for kids. So let's just, you know, sort that out first, that video games as a medium is for a wide variety of people. And that essentially is what kickstarted the age racing thing was Mortal Kombat. And when you play that, you realise that it's just cartoonish and stupid. Mm. It's, yes, it's gory, but it's just there to be silly for adults to enjoy. Um, I quite like the ones, I appreciate it. If it's going to be like ridiculously gory or something, I don't, I want it to be like reflective afterwards. I don't want it just to be going around gore, gore, gore. I mean, some of that just kind of, you'd completely, you know, desensitised to it. For example, mm. in Doom. There's in the 2016, maybe, yep. uh, one. That one is incredibly gory, but it's kind of, it's monsters. So it's like monster gore. You're not going around like decapitating people and chopping them up into bits or anything like that. So that is excessively gory, but it's not with humans. Whereas the one I always think about, the one that's shocking and a lot of people were like stunned, but I'm one of the few people I think who actually liked the level because of how much it kind of impacted me was the one from call of duty where you go and you're you're kind of infiltrated a terrorist group if i remember rightly and they go and stage a terrorist attack in an airport and you've got to kind of gun down innocent people and i remember them putting you in that position and it was like whoa this is weird and like yeah i only played it once i literally only played it once when the game came out and i can still remember it and i remember all the controversy because now afterwards they made it into a level that you can skip because, you know, because it is so horrific. And I know you hated that, but I don't. I actually was, I quite liked the fact that it is very, very, very reflective afterwards of what you've just done. It's not just kind of that's your job and that's your character. You're doing that because you're put in this impossible situation because you're trying to uh, infiltrate this terrorist group. I wouldn't say I hated that. I think I question how... I, I okay. I agree that it's good if there's violence and it, it's then reflected on. If the violent, if there's a point to that violence, and yes, that that level is trying to make a point to put you in the position of someone that's doing that and force you to literally pull the trigger on people. Yeah. My, I, I question how reflected that that is in a game that is generally just about war and shooting people, where you are just running around gunning people there's, and there's a lot in call of duty i think that is gratuitous violence yeah. and it's like putting you in a position that you've maybe read about in the news and it's like well this is actually what it feels like like there's a bit where i don't it won't be the same game but it's a, a few games later where you're in the back of a pickup going through a you know unnamed middle eastern country and there are a bunch of people against the wall about to be shot in the firing squad and as you go past, you can kind of look and look at it and you can see them getting killed. And it's it's like, wow, that is actual reality for some people, but it's just so horrific to imagine now. So they put it in the game so you can kind of experience that. It's like they're trying to do that, but then they also will completely fetishize the military and the detail that goes into the guns. Like, yeah. Oh, look how detailed the guns are. I'm like, cool, but now you're going to go and kill a load of innocent people. Like, that. There's an, that's such a, like, switch in tone that that's yeah. what i find difficult that's also what i find difficult in there's this new game i think it's six days in fallujah oh yeah that is just so like it's made by people 
or is inspired by someone in the military and his experience of being in that war mm. and then putting that in a video game. I, like, But without like it being a video game, it's it's like it's propaganda really well exactly that's Army. that becomes military propaganda and it's not fun in a video game for me that's too close to reality i don't want to have to experience war in that way and someone who chooses to play a video game because they want to experience life as a soldier i question i just don't understand why you'd want to do that to to go back to your point about being reflective though i do think that's where something like the last of us part two is more interesting because that is very violent especially yeah especially the sequel one yes especially the sequel but that is the point of the story is mm. that it's about cycles of violence and how we learn from that and that i think the game went too far in making that point but i appreciate the point and that point has to be made through violence so that i appreciate but absolutely it needs a mature rating and kids should not be playing it <laughs> yeah Final Fantasy 16 is quite mature as well but going back to Call of Duty yeah there are I feel like Call of Duty is pretty much because their stories are very short five hours or so it's pretty much a kind of a roller coaster of interesting things like there's one way you're controlling a bomb and there's like a, a convoy of terrorists and you've got to kind of control these bombs with the heat seeking missiles and stuff and it's putting you into these things that you can just only imagine or you've only seen on film in films and you can take part in that like there's also in modern warfare one you're part of a, a squad that's going into a like a terraced house in london and in the middle of the night and you've got to like break down the door and you've got to kind of go through this tiny little townhouse uh to kind of yeah to to arrest and or to kill the uh the terrorists in there and i know i quite i like that kind of roller coaster taking part in a movie feeling um, I'm not doing it because I'm, you know, love the military and I love guns. It's probably the last thing I like, but it's, it is a, it is kind of a thriller, shooter, war, role playing, roller coaster game. But for me, that's the level of it. It's blockbuster film of yeah. popcorn. Look, we're mowing down people with guns, and then to throw in a lot of innocent people and terrorists for me is just shock, shock factor. For the yeah. for, for the sakes of shocking people oh, and I, within I like, this popcorn film that's not really making a proper point about war. And that's when I think that is gratuitous and is, is just unnecessary. Yeah, and I quite like that. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed and I remember playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4 where they drop the atomic bomb that you are in as well. And it's just gratuitous, completely unnecessary. But it's like, oh my god, this is what it feels like to be there when a, an atomic bomb goes off. It's it's that kind of experience, this roller coaster. And now I've seen it, I've decided I don't want that, and I will not be, you know, wanting to You're take not charge. Join the military. I will do not want to take Good. charge of any I'm glad nuclear, uh, yeah, nuclear weapon heads. I want to say heads. Of nuclear. course, you want to say head. <laughs> what are they called? The warheads. Warheads. Warheads, that's the word. Anyway, yeah, so that is... Uh, so I think I'm just like... It's weird because I like that kind of stuff, but like gore, real gore, I despise. Like I will never in a million years watch Saw. I walked out of Saw. I nothing, Even the kind of medical programs on TV, I do not watch. I don't even watch animal documentaries when I'm eating. I can't. See, medical, but like all those hospital programs where it's inside the hospital. Yeah, Here's no. someone having a transplant. I'm like, I, I don't... 
that's a medical marvel and I'm really impressed, but I do not wish to see bodies being cut open. I no, can't handle same that. Same here. If it's something like Saw, that doesn't bother me because I know it's fake and it's a film and it's silly. Apart from there is a scene in Saw where someone gets a load of like um, injections and syringes put in them and I can't handle that because I don't like syringes. No, I, I don't don't like Saw. Don't, nothing that's like realistic like that. Like video games, I know it's different and maybe that's why I like the gratuitous violence roller coaster rides and all that. Even though it's in your hands and a controller and you're taking part. Yeah, because it's a video game. They're not real. Whereas a film looks real and film looks incredibly real and I just don't enjoy that. Yeah, see, I'm the opposite. A film, I'm just sat watching it. I'm not taking part. And it's just, I'm watching it like, oh, okay, that's that's some clever use of ketchup and cinematography. Whereas in a video game, I am in control mm. and I have to pull the control, I have to pull the trigger no. to shoot people. Like, so I a, think about it more. There's a shootout in Call of Duty that's in like the middle of Piccadilly Circus where we were literally marching about. And I'm like, this is really cool because it's somewhere I recognize <laughs> and this is in a completely different setting to where I imagine it is, um, luckily. So yeah, I, I enjoy that kind of gratuitous shit. It's but I don't particularly like it when it's just harming another person or torturing them. And yeah, that kind of thing isn't for me. No. But I mean, also gratuitous violence that's fun. Um, Hitman. Hitman has some fantastic stuff, like sticking a person in a wood chopper, uh, blowing them up with a golf ball. That's um, true. But that's basically a comedy game. Dropping a giant moose on someone's head and squashing them. It's slapstick, though. That's not that's not putting someone against a wall and just shooting them in the head. That is Can't slapstick that. comedy. Well, some of it is. Some of it's great. Yeah. Some of it you're I do sniping. Appreciate it, man. It's a great game. Yeah. But anyway, so um, yeah, that was a, Thank a, you, a full that was answer. Thank you, That was a very long, a long one. It was. And the next question is from... We're going to finish with a Final Fantasy question. Oh, okay. Uh, in fact, no, we'll ask that now. And I can't remember exactly the wording of it or who said it. Who was it? I think it? it was also Clues. It was also Clues. Well, thank it's you. A, it's a double Clues. Thank you. Double Clue. Clues uh, asked... I believe it was Clues. Apologies if it was anybody else. Um, do you think Final Fantasy sixteen will remain up there in many years as one of the best Final Fantasies? No. Wow, I thought you said yes before. Well, I mean, define the best Final Fantasies. I mean, I think it's A tier. Is it? I don't think it's S tier, so maybe that's the answer. Yeah, that's, well, that's the thing. If we're doing them in tier lists, for mm-hmm. me, S tier is 7, 8, 9. To me, A tier is, I'd say 7 remake. And... I mean, I would, of course, put 10 up there on a, from it's a personal ranking. level. Ranking. 10, I mean, I haven't played all of them. Wrong, I will wrong. eventually play all of them. By the time we get to episode 1000 of Swapping Joysticks, I will have played all of them. Great. And yeah, I think it's just those two there for me at the moment because I haven't um, finished 7 original, but I did really enjoy it so far. So for me, S tier, 7, 8, 9, A tier would be... 6, 10, 12, and I would put 16 there. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's it's up there as a really, really good game. Um, Where would 1 be? Probably the next one down, B. Okay. I really like 16. In terms of down the line longevity, are people going to remember it in a certain way? For me, the discourse around it at the moment has been so much about it being different to the previous games and pushing the boundaries of what a Final Fantasy game can be, pushing the boundaries of what an RPG can be. Mm. I think 
I think how it's going to be remembered is in some ways going to depend on what games come next. So Final Fantasy 17, are they going to continue down this route of action RPG and very, act- to... and very action-y games, in which case 16 will be remembered as a turning point? Or is 17 going to be a return to more traditional fantasy and turn-based stuff to sort of appease the fans, which I don't think it will, in which case 16 will be seen as a mistake. So it's going to be interesting because I think it is a bit of a turning point for the series either way. It's If the rumours are true, though, and they are remaking 9, then will they do the equivalent of what Capcom do with Resident Evil and have their main line that they're fully invested in, like the, the first-person shooter-esque ones that they've had with 7 and 8, but also release kind of remade ones of the originals to appease those fans as well. But also bring in new ones to that kind of genre. Because it'd be really interesting if they went, okay, yes, so we're going to do a full remake of 9. And then the next 17 is another action RPG, maybe set in like an industrial, like 7 kind of world. You know, that kind of thing. And then afterwards they said, okay, we're going to go and completely remake 6. So rather than have a numbered Final Fantasy coming out every, what is it, six years, seven years, that they kind of intersperse it with some uh, other remakes. I mean, 7 Remake has done very well. So it wouldn't surprise me if they do have other remakes planned. And yes, that will... Well, again, 7 Remake is very different to the original 7. So if they are going to remake the older games will they just do a straight sort of remastery type thing or are they going to completely change the story as they have with seven be interesting to see what they do with their next one mm. if if the rumors are true exactly also then they've got stuff like octopath traveler and other series that are continuing the traditional rpg route yeah so if you want that there are games for that yeah so essentially yeah i think it's going to depend on what comes next as to how 16 will be remembered in the context of the series. Personally, I think it is a really high point. Uh, it's, it's up there. It's not the very best, but it's still a really, really damn good Final Fantasy game. Like if, a, if the PS6 came out, would they release an updated version of 16 for it? I don't think so. No, because that's a long way off, yeah. Yeah, but like... There are certain games that are so popular on one console that when the next one comes out, they're going to be, you know, they focus on releasing kind of next gen versions of it. Whereas this, I don't know if this would be, I think once you've finished it and you've played it, you're not going to go back to it. Apart from with New Game Plus. I might do down the line. You say that, you say that about every single game. Oh, I think I need to go and play this game that I haven't played in three and a half years. I have my favourites. I like to play them. You do. And the ones, and there are others. You just want to replay for them yeah. because you read about them. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> you'll read an article about Final Fantasy 16 in, you know, 2027 and go, you know what? I'm going to go and play that again. I w- and I will. And, and I'll <laughs> still enjoy it. You will. That's good. And I wouldn't, uh, you know, say no. Okay. Are you ready for another one? Sure. Um, What is the perfect gaming snack? Ed. The perfect gaming snack is one that you can eat without your hands. <laughs> and I appreciate you eat with your mouth, not your hands. But what I mean by that is I don't want to have to put the controller down, put my hand in a packet, put it in my mouth, 
have a hand that's now covered in that's grease thing, and yeah. crumbs yeah. and saliva. And then I either have to wash my hands or wipe them on my trousers, which I don't like doing, or just grab the controller and then your controller is greasy and disgusting. Yeah. So a good snack is one that you can sort of just... Suck on. Yeah. Um, I would... Because to me, like when, when you're... I always say that you want to keep energy, your energy levels and your kind of hyperactiveness high when you're playing a game. Because the second I have a bit of a drop-off, I turn it off. So I always go for nuts and bananas because they're good at kind of slow-release energy. Which, yes, I know. But nuts are very bad because obviously you get salt or vinegar or mm. like whatever grease from Flavorings. nuts. Yeah, all those bits all over your hands. So they're not great for that. So you need a little napkin next to you if you if you are. And also you start choking a bit and you need a drink. And then the more you drink, the more you need to take breaks to go for a pee. So not the best. They're good if you want to do a 24-hour stream. If anybody is considering doing a 24-hour stream, don't. But if you can't be persuaded uh, otherwise... Nuts and bananas, because bananas are really good slow-release energy. And I know you hate bananas, but bananas are also good because you can eat it in about four bites. Um, but they do keep you awake. I guess you are awake. just holding the skin as well. Yes, you are holding the skin. Exactly. And the skin, hopefully, is clean. Uh, we always hope that the skin is clean. Hope the skin is clean. <laughs> but also with that as well, snacky drinks. I would always recommend a Pepsi Max, something like that, to keep you awake, keep you energized. And um, because, yeah, when I'm gaming, I just don't want to feel fatigued at all. Yeah, I mean, a chocolate bar that comes in a packet that you just hold the packet, take a bite, put it down. That's the dream. Or, or ones that have got bits in it. Like, something that you can pre-chop and put in a bowl and then just hold the bowl and either pour it in your mouth or just grab it. So like cutting up an apple into chunks and then just... Holding the bowl and pouring oh. apple chunks into your mouth. Get your little cocktail stick. Olives. Olives. That's a good shout. Yeah, this is most middle class. It really is. What kind of gaming uh, snacks? Olives. olives. Stuffed olives. Stuffed olives, please. <laughs> I do love an olive. Yeah. I say all this. 90% of the time, I actually don't eat and game. No, you don't. And then it gets to like 10 p.m. and you're like, Ben, do you want me to cook for you? And I'm like, yeah, please. I've been sat here starving. No. Ed, what time it did you? It will not be 10 p.m. Okay, eight thirty. Look, sometimes I get into a game before I cook. What time did we have breakfast today, Ed? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> there were overnight oats that were in the fridge. What time did you crawl out of bed and decide that you actually wanted to eat? Oh, wait, no, you didn't. You waited for me to do it for you like a child. <laughs> I, I, don't come for me, Ben, when it comes to food. I would not want because to step... clearly you don't. You I, have to. I have to come to you. Well, I don't want to step into the kitchen. That's your territory. I wouldn't want to, you know, make you feel worth less uh, if if I started cooking things. There was no cooking involved. It was pre-done. It's put some oats in a bowl with some yogurt. That's You're cooking. quite capable of doing that. That's cooking. Well, I enjoyed my 1pm uh, breakfast. It was fine. Because then we could have snacks watching the Formula One. <laughs> you are absolutely dead to me. <laughs> all right well what a perfect way to end the podcast you all right there with a murder with yes. a murder um but thank you very much for listening to inbox our uh exclusive to our podcast feed question special and uh, i mean they're all audio in you know so it's not really yeah they are at the moment but that's all right. fine. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, then. Thanks very much for listening. Go to swappingjoysticks.com and go to... You can find me, Biggest Benus. Just type Biggest Benus. In fact, just go to biggestbenus.com. Actually, biggestbenus.linktr.ee, like Linktree, gives you all my links. Oh, you've suddenly remembered that one. Yeah, took me, what, how many months to remember I still have it? Nice. And you, where can I find you? You can find me at ed underscore knights on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. I'm somewhere on Blue Sky as well. Yeah, ed knights with no underscore. If you say so. Bye. Bye.